0: Hi everybody, I'm Jeff Seckendorf, CEO of UTD's I don't even know my name of my company anymore. It's changed. We did what that was, five times. Is the name we changed? Changed? Yeah, it's UTD scuba diving now, not Unified Team Diving. Well it's UTD Team Diving. Or UTD Scuba Diving. You
1: can have an official name.
0: It's UTD Scuba Diving.
1: Okay. Hey everybody,
0: welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Seckendorf, CEO of UTD Scuba Diving, here with Martin Dennison. Hey Martin. Hi. So we are in the south of Spain at the Rivamar Dive Center, and Martin is here from the EUF, and we are completing an ISO certification for Unified Team Diving, for UTD. So we're gonna talk about what that mouthful of initials means, and what the process was, and what it means to UTD, and what is the EUF, and what is ISO, and what are all these initials, so. yeah, so let's, let's just dig in. So,
1: who are you? First of all, I'm glad to be here, and hi to everybody. My name is Martin Dennison. I grew up in England. I live in Austria, and I became involved in writing ISO standards with a group of similarly-minded experts. Uh, around the turn of the century, so that's more than 20 years ago. Uh, We started out making European standards. In 2007, they became worldwide ISO standards. For scuba diving? For scuba diving, yes. A whole series of scuba diving standards. We started out with the diving standards, then we made instructor standards Um, at a European level. This was something that the European Underwater Federation thought would be very valuable to try and harmonize training and to create a level uh, for comparison of different training systems. So these days you still have many, many different training organizations, hundreds of them in fact, issuing various levels of qualifications, C-cards, some called Ocean Diver, Two Star Diver, Open Water Diver, Scuba Diver. There's a, a whole lot of names, and it's very difficult if you don't know exactly the content of what goes into a scuba diving class to accept these divers when they travel internationally, A guy sitting in a diving center somewhere in Egypt or in Spain for that matter might not be familiar with all these different training systems. So um, the ISO standards basically set a bar along which all these standards are measured and can be certified. And that makes them much more readily comparable and acceptable makes it easier for divers to travel and of course at the instructor level it makes it easier for instructors to have their qualifications accepted across different countries and um, around the world basically so let let's start
0: with what is euf and what is iso and how are they different let's let's just do those three things so Mm -hmm. let's start with
1: what is euf Okay, the... No, the we should probably start with what is ISO. Yes, ISO is basically the International Standards Organization. It's a body that has been around for many, many, many years. As a matter of fact, the first standard they made was nuts and bolts. If you can imagine you buy a bolt in one store, you buy a nut in another store, you want the nut to match the bolt. So ISO standard, number one i believe was actually a standard on nuts and bolts so like a quarter 20 thread or an M, m4 M thread exactly these electric, were designed as threads yes
0: as iso standards yeah,
1: yeah okay interesting and it goes throughout the industry for years and years iso standards have been applied to things bricks insulation material the the oil industry has a whole lot of standards that make um, drilling heads compatible with other pieces of equipment that they use. And by having this interchangeability and this compatibility, it helps save money because it means you don't have to design separate parts for different things. You can interchange them, you can use them freely. And um, as with nuts and bolts, you know, if you buy a bolt from one company, you can buy a nut from another company, another manufacturer, and you can still be sure that that nut is gonna fit that bolt, assuming of course, it's the same thread and the same uh, standard to which they've been made. So when did ISO get into education? Around the turn of the century or just before the turn of the century. The turn of the century yeah, that we yeah, remember. No, right? 1995. It had a lot to do with the European Union, where suddenly services were being offered in different European countries, but different people who were purchasing services were expecting different things to be included. So for example, people offering various services in their countries were suddenly offering those services throughout the European Union in other countries. And the European government, the European lawmakers were overwhelmed. They they weren't in a position to make laws and regulations dictating exactly what was going to be required of every service that was being provided. All these things
0: from different countries all had their own regulations, their own regulatory bodies and so on. Okay. exactly. So ISO then becomes an organization that basically takes 50 different standards, looks at them, creates one and
1: says you should comply to this. Exactly. And the, the example that you've just given with 50 different standards is a perfect example because that's exactly what we had in the diving industry. We had federations, national diving federations in European countries, each one with their own training standards. We had the professional training organizations, the for-profit organizations. Well, we're like that. I mean, we're, yeah. you know, we're a small, UTD is a small yeah. training
0: agency. We wrote our own standards. They were vetted by, you know, insurance companies. So we, instructors could buy insurance. and. But there was never any vetting outside of this, our kind of small community. And that's where you personally and the EUF come in. Exactly. So let's move now to, now that we have a picture of what ISO is, as this broad-reaching, standardizing organization, how do we guarantee that, no, I shouldn't say it like that, how does somebody else guarantee that we are within compliance in the international standard for scuba diving training
1: what we do is we look at when you say we us european so. union the, the european underwater Water. federation has teamed up with austrian standards and austrian standards is an accredited certification body which is um, part of their main business is issuing certifications. To who? Industry, so they they certify bricks, windows, insulating systems, and services. This is the Austrian standard. Yeah, Yeah, there are lots of certification bodies around the world, but this cooperation between the European Underwater Federation and Austrian standards is quite unique because in the late 90s, the EUF, was formed from federations and training organizations. In Europe there was a system where virtually every country had its own national federation which was very often a governing body for diving and you had training organizations, professional training agencies coming into the market who were having a lot of trouble being recognized because they were new, their training systems were different, they were training to different standards, they had very quick recreational courses, happy diving. In those days it was quite common for diving classes to take, you know, up to a year or six months with federation training and then all of a sudden training agencies come along and start offering classes on a weekend. That just didn't go down well and there were huge differences between what people thought training scuba divers should be like. And there were huge differences and everybody thought their system was the best and the only one that should be recognized. And that was where the EUF came in And the European Underwater Federation was actually a meeting place, an umbrella organization. The only one, as far as I know, where both commercial training organizations like PADI, SSI, UTD, and many, many others, SDI, TDI, are members or were invited to be members. The federations, on the other hand, like the German Diving Federation... BZAC, the British SubAqua Club, and many, many federations who didn't have such a commercial view on diving. It wasn't profit-orientated. They all came together under this one umbrella. All right, so now now let's talk about UTD, because of course that's like talking
0: about me, and that's always what I want to do is talk about me. So we have been in operation since 2008, and we have never spent the time and energy to conform to ISO standards and we teach a sort of unique methodology so it's always seemed like it would be a challenge to actually make this conformity and then you know we had a conversation with you guys that's the EUF Mm -hmm. a few years ago and started to look at the possibility of, of acquiring this certification for UTD and then it seems like it got a bit closer and a bit closer and a bit closer, which is really cool. So we met at the at the DEMA show and mm-hmm. we started to look at the possibility of becoming ISO compliant basically is exactly. what we're looking to do. And so your role in EUF is as an auditor. Let's take people through the process of what we had to do to acquire this
1: compliance. Yeah. It started out with massive amounts of paperwork. Absolutely. The first step and that, I think, is typical of any certification process, any auditing process, is you start comparing the requirement in the ISO standard with the training system that is being used by the training organization. In this case, the UTD training system. So there are ISO standards and there are
0: UTD standards and procedures. And this was almost overwhelming to me the first time I saw it, but we had to actually line up paragraph by paragraph, you have broken it down, the EUF has broken it down into this document. I think for Open Water Diver, it was like 20 pages long. Mm-hmm. And each it's basically each paragraph or each subparagraph or each line or each word in the standards mm-hmm. is a requirement. So then I had to go through and figure out where in our standards and procedures, our instructor playbook or our online student content, we actually conform to each of these 20
1: pages of requirements, and we did. Apparently, we did. Yes, yes. Now that the the audit is nearing the end, we've pretty much gone through all of the paperwork. And the interesting thing is, of course, that basically what UTD uses is a training system. And the system has various requirements, standards, training materials, videos. UTD is one of the organizations that uses a lot of videos, online training, and all of the content that is required by the standard obviously needs to be in the training system as well. So the first step is to compare and check where in the UTD system the requirements of the standards are met. And there were a few spots where they weren't, a couple. Very
0: few, yeah. yeah. Very yeah. few, which is was... A wonderful surprise, and we have now modified our standards because we can't change the ISO standards as much as I want to. And you found out all week yeah. that yeah. I want to, um, but we uh, we did have some interesting arguments about some of this or discussions. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they were arguments or well, discussions, but it was fun. But the point is, we were able to make some changes to the standards and procedures for UTD, which I believe actually benefit the agency. It took me a long time to get across that gap of am I doing this to make the agency compliant ISO, or are these regulatory items that actually make us better? And I've sort of, by the end of the week now, I've come to say, well, for the most part, it's not busy work for the instructors. We're not adding things we don't care about. It is, I think, making the agency stronger.
1: Well, and I would hope that is the case, because the ISO standards were actually made by representatives of the diving industry. And that's what we've been talking about endlessly this week because
0: we don't conform to a classical recreational training system, right? right. We train a very different thing. We train long hose and necklace. We train, train team diving. We train, you know, different ascent profiles. We, we train a very rich team diving system that was founded in DIR. And that is not really compatible with many training agencies.
1: Well it actually exceeds the requirements in many respects, which is great. But then that we tripped over a couple of little details, which I think probably UTD takes for granted.
0: That's it, wait, uh, that's of a really course, interesting yeah. point.
1: No, that's a really interesting point.
0: It's not in there because to me, that's like saying that when you breathe outside and you're, you're going for a run or a bike ride, you should breathe air. Yeah. Don't breathe, not air. But everybody breathes there and i just assume because you know I, I can be a little myopic that everybody does or should do what we do and the simple things like team diving like ratio deco like you know having a long hose and it just seems like it's in the standards but it's like so obvious to me that that's how we do and should teach that we found gaps where i was like
1: incredulous that this had to be in the standards and um, again you know, one of the things I've learned is that looking at many, many different training organizations, both federations with club structures and professional training organizations that are for profit, they all have a different view. And many of them believe that the way they teach is the only way and the best way. And one of the nice things about these ISO standards is that when we made them, this group of experts was representing basically both sides. We had people from training organizations, we had people from clubs. We put an emphasis on being able to achieve the requirements in the standards, even if you're a small training organization or a small club, the focus is on quality. And again, it's been a pleasure, I have to say, to audit UTD. Because the, the type of training that you do is, I must admit, a great deal different from uh, most of what I've experienced with other training organizations, some very individual approaches, but they meet the standards and that's what it's all about at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, or hopefully exceed, which is, which is yeah. what our goal yeah. is. So there are benefits to this certification. One of the benefits is going to be to instructors, one of the benefits is going to be to students, and one of the benefits is going to be to the agency, right? One Absolutely. set of benefits. So, yeah. so you talked briefly about the benefits to students, is that they'll be able to take a C-card, the card now is issued by an agency that conforms to this particular ISO, so standard. particular ISO standard, and the instructors will have on the card something that says they their instructor training conforms to this ISO standard. Exactly. The other interesting thing, I just had lunch with Sergi Perez, who is the owner of the Rivermar Dive Center, who's our host here in La uh, and wh- what he said is a benefit is that every one of the hundreds and hundreds of UTD certifications that he's issued now has more
1: weight. I'm glad he sees it that way. A yeah. lot of a lot of training organizations see the benefit in it. And obviously if they didn't they wouldn't be doing it. Right. I
0: think that's yeah. true. So so if you have a UTD certification you can now be assured that your certification will be accepted worldwide, which is a really cool thing.
1: Theoretically, Theoretically, yes. Theoretically, assured. Theoretically, Assured.
0: So So the benefits are huge. We see this as a really valuable thing. I've been, like I said, I've been wanting to do this for many, many years. At the onset, it was a little bit overwhelming. And then we finally got down to like, you know, having some meetings to realize that, well, we could probably manage the overwhelmingness of it and create it. And, and so I guess you know, the last few questions I have are a little more personal, but you know, you've been a diver for a very long time, you're an instructor, you've certified you know, or audited all these different training agencies. What did you learn this week? Because you sat in on the whole IDC. You have all the instructor content, you have the student content, you watched us teach, we have two instructor trainers here, me and Ben Boss. We've got an instructor trainer candidate, we have seven instructor candidates, and we're at a UTD dive center. So what did you learn?
1: First of all, it's a big course. Um, a lot of the stuff that I heard here was new to me. Things that I've not heard before. Your own way of approaching things, min deco was something that I'd never met. Or ratio deco, yeah, was also something that I'd not met in in that form. And um, it all makes perfectly good sense. And as I say, one of the things that you learn is to have a wide horizon. And Um, there are many, many different ways of achieving a goal. And not all the goals are the same. Some people are quite happy if they turn out divers who are reasonably fit to dive. And I must say, um, UTD has gone that extra step and is trying to achieve, or is achieving, obviously, a higher level, a higher standard. UTD has its own ideas of what a perfect diver should look like and what his his buoyancy should be like, what his equipment should be like, very, very specific, and that is your good right. I mean, that is your your prerogative to, to decide that you want to go that extra mile and reach that level of training. I think one of the things that you have to accept is that there will be a lot of divers who might not want to go that far and reach that level but again that's that's just you know i used to have a grandfather he said it takes all sorts to make a world and um some people go for excellence and i i've heard many times whilst i've been here you never know where a diver is going to go so the whole idea is to train him as broadly as possible to enable him to go in many different directions. And um, I think that's probably the one thing that's, that's really stuck. It's a different approach to what many other training organizations have. And oh, I appreciate that.
0: It's, you know, I think that, you know, that that's been our goal. We have Sergi's dog here with us. You can hear him panting in the background. Uh, We are working diligently to provide an education system for those who want something. I I always hesitate to use the word unique, but something that really allows a diver to meet their long-term goals in an open and welcoming scenario. So that's what we're up to. Yeah. So,
1: you know, kudos. You're doing a great job. And I hope that the certification will make life easier. I expect it will
0: or broader. In, in ways so yeah. Um, yeah we're grateful you came down and did the audit it was fun to go through it and you know have these uh, you know argument discussions because I feel very strongly about a lot of this content and, and I feel very strongly about the yeah. methodology that we've developed over these decades to to you know be a slightly different slightly more focused um, organization and you know that gives people an option Rather than what I've always talked about in these podcasts, which is, you know, the thing I hate the most, which is the local $99 open water class, which I think just creates horrible headaches. So, you know, we don't do that. We never will. And I think now that we are telling the world that we're conforming Mm -hmm. to an international standard that virtually every other major agency in the world is conforming to, you know, now it's like, okay, here is a legitimate option for a type of scuba diving training that's different. We think it's better, but we'll never judge it like that, but, but has benefits to students, instructors, and the agency. So that's where I am with it. Okay. So we're gonna close this up, but Martin, I so appreciate everything you've done for us and, and your open-mindedness coming to this in a kind of a new world. And yeah, we look forward to seeing where this takes us over the next, you know, next decade and a half of, of UTD. Now ISO certified. Thank you very much for having me and going through this process. All right. Thanks. thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts Pandora, Apple, Spotify, choose it. And uh, we'll be back with more obscure questions podcasts coming up. So, all right. Thanks, everybody. Just
1: a looking inside, hell is going outside.
0: Damn